want to welcome everyone here. Uh, your visitor, you're welcome. I do hope tonight that I will be able to, by God's grace, to convince you that prayer is so important in the life of a, a human. If you live on the earth, you ought to be praying. Everyone ought to. I know a lot of people, a lot of people don't pray. Uh, that's because they don't know. But if you are a human, uh, God, the way God has set the order of the universe, we ought to pray. You have to pray. And if you don't have a prayer life, I pray that God will convince you tonight that you need to have one. You need to have one uh, so that Satan will not take advantage of you. Remember what Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he said, pray therefore that you will not fall into temptation. You have to pray. That's the only thing God is giving to us that can prevent temptation. And so when you are not praying, you've opened the door for Satan to minister to you and to turn things around. And you know, uh, Job tells us very clearly that man born of a woman is a few days full of trouble. We are going to have troubles. And you're going through something and I'm going through something. These things come. The only solution is him. And thank God we can go to God. And God says, come boldly. Hebrews 4, 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace. So we ought to pray. Um, I feel like, and I'm starting preaching, but I haven't really started. I don't know what's going on. But I think that you can develop any habit anytime you want. Any habit, bad or good. Just take two months doing the same thing over and over again. Before long, your body turns to it and you want to repeat it. Well, if people can develop bad habits, I like to develop good ones. <laughs> Just develop good ones. Reading your Bible, you can find a habit. And when you don't do it, you have withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> you want to go back to do it. Is this the guy that I'm saying back there? Come on, stand up there. <laughs> wow. It's one of our kids. He's no longer a kid. He's bigger than I am. Whoa. It's good to see you here tonight. God bless you. Wow. I'm so happy when I see them come in. It's such a blessing. I know they belong to their parents, but they are mine too. <laughs> Amen. So I want to talk about prayer. Please stand up. We go make our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. I found that scripture, and even I said, God, please help me. I need that scripture, because I don't know. I want to hear God. You can hear and not hear, but you can hear, and when you really hear, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I want to really hear. It's wonderful. Um, you, did you know that Jesus called his house 
God's house. And let me go back again, you know. He said very clearly, a house, a, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand, right? And a house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan is divided against himself, his kingdom will not stand. So it likens your house to the kingdom. Now God said in his word, the house of God, the kingdom of God, the house of God is, must be called a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer. That's the kingdom of God. So if you are not praying, you can't be really enjoying the house. The house is a house of prayer. Not few words of prayer when things are bad or you're in trouble. Uh, I, I don't have time today. There's nothing wrong with that. That happens to us. I'm driving to work. That's the only time I can pray. But then somebody cuts in front of you. And you lay and oh Lord forgive me, and then you go back to pray. <laughs> That's a tough way to pray, but you make time. Remember, Jesus said, "Closet." That's so important because that's when God can speak to you. Closet is so important, so you have to find room to do that. In Mark eleven verse seventeen, it says, "Jesus, uh, then he Jesus taught." This individual saying to them, he was teaching them. Notice, this is teaching, right? He was teaching them. So when God's teaching, he's wanting you to understand something, a principle, something that will benefit your life. And so he taught them. And he said, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer? A house of prayer. The house of God is a house of prayer. Here on earth is a house of prayer. Even with Jesus at the Father's right hand, He is making intercession for us. It's a house of prayer. And I have to be a part of what's going on in the kingdom, in the house. I've got to be praying. It's so important. I, I tell you what, if the members of the Ark Fellowship will agree and continue to pray for whatever it is, believe me, you will see the answer. The answer will be there. And there is a reason God wants us to pray. It's so important because he told us, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because as long as you're not praying, notice he didn't say, say, he said pray. Pray this way. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are holding heaven back because we're not praying. We're holding heaven back for what heaven's agenda for the earth is being held back because believers don't pray. And all we do is complain. And we find people to blame. It's the president's fault. It's the Congress' fault. And all of this. Well, it's not their fault. We're not praying. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, again, a key principle, my people, if they humble themselves and pray, confess their sins, turn from their wicked ways, God says, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal the land. Heal the land, not the earth, the dust, the trees. No, he heals what's going on. That's what he says. And all predicated on prayer. We can talk all we want to talk, but if we're not praying, things don't happen. You know, the ancient 
in which they've, they've come to know when they say, you know, prayer is powerful. Well, prayer is not powerful. It's powerful because that's what God told us to do. And when we do it, God shows up and we feel the power. But if we're not praying, we don't feel the power. We have to pray. Notice that scripture was drawn from Isaiah chapter 56, 6 and 7. This is so important. Also the sons of the foreigner who joined themselves to the Lord. That's us, right? We've joined ourselves to the Lord, right? To serve Him and to love the name of the Lord, to be His, excuse me, His servants. Everyone who keeps, notice everyone, that means you, that's me. We love the Lord uh, God with all of our heart. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, dishonoring God, and hold, holds fast to my covenant. And we are holding fast to the new covenant. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain. I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in where? My house of prayer. Your joy depends on the house of prayer. That's his holy mountain. That's where he takes us when we become believers. Guess where he takes you to? To his holy mountain. The house of prayer. That's where I think a lot of Christians are missing it. You just cannot keep on going, not, not spending time with prayer. You can read the Word. That's good. Spend a lot of time. I think you should spend a lot of time reading the Word. Probably, in my mind, reading the Word even more than prayer. Because it's really hard to read the Word without prayer. Because something jumps at you and you pray in tongues a little bit. <laughs> Amen. It's just the way it is. As you read the Word, you pray. So we ought to pray. And the Bible says, pray without season pray without season so he says he will bring them i will bring them to my holy mountain when you get saved he brings you up to his holy mountain guess where the holy mountain is called the house of prayer it is a house of prayer he gives them joy and makes them joyful where in the house of prayer. Meaning, we were not joyful until we got to his holy mountain. And that's the house of prayer. That's where you find your joy. When you pray, when things come against you, you won't find peace. It's hard to have joy when you don't have peace with him. It's hard when things are difficult and you don't see any solution. There's nowhere to go. No guarantees anywhere except to turn to God. And then when you pray, he says he will guide your heart and your mind in peace in Christ. Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes understanding, passes knowledge, you don't understand it. But the peace of God guards both your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Guess where Satan wants to attack the most? Your mind. He speaks to us. He preaches to us. And these are negative gospels. Things are going to happen to you. That's going to happen to you. You're going to lose your house. This person already thinking bad about you. Your boss doesn't like you. And then you keep thinking, well, that's true. He doesn't like me. Yeah, let me tell you more. And before you know, you're so fearful and you can't sleep. 
and he's ministering to you. That's why David in Psalm 34, it says, this, this man cried out to the Lord, and the Lord delivered him from all his fears. The fears are sometimes bigger than what we're really going to. But he sits in doing that. He walks through fear. So the, the, the joy comes in the holy mountain through prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my, holy, uh, on my altar for my house. Why will it be accepted? Because for means because. That's the way I look at it. I always change the word because, uh, for. Every time I see for, I change it to because. Because this happens because of this. You have this because of this. For means because of this. My holy mountain, that's how you find it. For my house shall be called the house of prayer. Everything you do will be accepted. Your offerings and everything accepted. When your offering is accepted by God, he's going to bless you back, right? But he's got to be with prayer. For my house will be called the house of prayer. That's what Jesus was telling. And you're turning it into den of thieves. He says, you're making it the law of God that God intended for man's benefit. You are corrupting it so he doesn't yield the right result. That's why he was so angry with them. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Because his word is supposed to bring peace to us, to yield results in our lives. But when we go outside his word or don't do what he says, we tie his hands. He was angry with them. He threw them out. Because they were stopping the effectiveness of the work of God in the house of God. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Notice what he said in John chapter 16 verse 24. He says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Notice he says, I bring you to my holy I make them joyful, right? He make them joyful because the house is the house of prayer. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will what? Receive. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Your joy can, don't tell me, I, I believe what Jesus says. You can say, I'm happy, I'm okay. Well, if you're not asking and you're not receiving, uh, your joy is not full. Not according to what Jesus said. You have to ask from God and receive from God and then your joy is full. How many of you, you've asked something from God, you don't really know, and then God works it out. You get the answer. It's not only the joy from receiving the answer. The joy is, God heard me. It's even greater than receiving the car or whatever it is. God heard me. Now i got greater faith. I can trust him for another kind of problem. If he helped me with this, he'll help me with the other. That's the joy. Your faith goes up because you know God's with me. And he's taking care of me. He hears me when I pray. So your joy is full. Not only because you receive, but because God is in my life. I have nothing to worry about. That's what this is about. But you won't experience it without prayer. You can have the joy on the mountain of God without prayer. It's hard just not to have the time. We have to develop that. It's so important. And I said last week, you know the difference. In, in uh, Acts chapter 16, sorry, Acts chapter 12, 
uh, in the very beginning of the verse, it says uh, Herod, you know, got a hold of uh, James. That's the brother of, of John. These guys were so close to Jesus, right? Think about it. Don't ask me, I don't know everything that happened. But maybe God wants to teach the church a lesson. I don't know. But Herod took, I mean, he didn't consult the Jews. He just was against the church. And he wanted to do something about it. And to stop the church. So he, he took James, the brother of John. Jesus had three of them that were closest to him. They always went with him when he wanted to do something special. The, James was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had actually seen the kingdom to come. And I used to tell myself, how did they recognize the difference between Moses and Elijah? They knew. Nobody had to tell them. They'd never seen Moses before. They'd never seen Elijah before. But when they appeared with Jesus, to, with Jesus they recognized that. That's Moses we've been reading about. Oh, that's Elijah. They knew them. That's the way it will be when we get to heaven. I'll know everybody that was saved in Houston. I just know them by name. That's going to be real good. Just walk up to them, call them by name, and I know everything. It's amazing. But James was so close, and then Herod took him and just killed him. I'm sure they were not expecting that. You know, his pastor, they got him. Oh, God's going to deliver him. Right? Is that not what we think? In the, this was the beginning. They've seen miracles. Well, forget Herod. God's going to deliver him. And then they killed him. I mean, they knew Jesus died. Jesus had risen. But James, uh, he's supposed to be with them for a long time. And he just got killed. And they wow. I'm sure that shook them. And then when he got Peter, oh, oh. He's going to really kill this guy. And so now he said, they... Prayed without ceasing. Read the scripture. They prayed, every one of them, in desperation. They were not sure what God would do because they didn't understand why God allowed James to be killed. But they prayed. The Bible says they prayed without ceasing. Asking God. Acts 12, verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made. You see the word but. They never did that with James. They never did with James. And if you read Paul's letter, Paul will always ask the Christians, please pray for me. Read. Pray for me. I found something in Scripture. Because with ministers, if you can check this out. In, in Scripture, when Paul says, pray for me, pray for me. I, I, you know, a, a, a large door and effectively is open to me, but I need your guys to pray for me. Paul will always ask for prayer. Look and read Ephesians chapter 6. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. It's so important. He said, well, that's Apostle Paul. Why is he asking for prayer from us? He needs our prayer. He won't make it without it. He needs us to pray for him. Prayer is very important. And they knew it. It says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Who's praying? The whole church was praying for for him. Unto God for him. And so God sent an angel and delivered him. If you have a situation, I've come to believe this is so important. How I many of you know Darlene Check? The musician out of Australia. She's known all over the world. They play her songs all over the world. 
I heard from, uh, from our radio station here, they said, some way back then, they said, our oh, darling Sheikh has cancer. You know what I told myself? I said, that cancer doesn't have a chance. She knows so many people around the world. I'm sure everyone is crying to God, God, not darling Sheikh. Please, guess what? I later heard she's free from it. Amen. I, I joined them, but in my mind, piece of cake. <laughs> a lot of people praying for this woman. Nothing's going to happen. Satan can't take it. He doesn't have a chance. That's prayer. If we pray, that's prayer. It's so important. Let me, let me say something here. Um, in Luke, the life of Jesus, so we can understand what Christianity and being a child of God, and as the Bible says, a son of God. A human. Before Jesus came to the world and not to die, people prayed to him. He was God up there. But when he was here on earth as a man, he had to pray. He had to pray. If you are a man, a human, you ought to pray. The Son of God prayed. And I have to show you scriptures today. It's an amazing thing. Is what could he be looking for? What was his problem? He prayed a lot. Prayer means I can't handle it. You have to help me. He was praying to his father. But he was God. Before he came, prayer came up to him for answers. But being found as a man, the Bible says he humbled himself. He had to pray, just like every, every other man. He showed us prayer is important. He prayed without saying anything to his disciples. They knew, they knew he prayed. He had a big campaign. They get in the boat and he goes up the mountain. And they knew. They didn't go with him. They knew he's going to pray again. The land. The land. As reading Peter's life, Acts chapter 10, you can see they were preparing food and he was hungry. He was waiting for them. He, instead of sitting and waiting for his food, he went up to pray. That was their life. We want to see great things from God. They prayed. They prayed. They spent time praying. If I can say, if the whole Ark Fellowship decide, I pray God, please baptize us with the spirit of prayer. You'll see what God will be doing in our midst. You know, my thing is the kingdom of God. It's not just the Ark Fellowship. I want God to save souls. They can come here, go somewhere. It doesn't matter to me. I am a part of the kingdom of God. And I stay with all my Christian brothers and sisters around the world. We worship God. But this is where God has planted me to work. And I'll do my best right here. And make sure that the work grows. Make sure I do my best that many come in. You have to understand that. When you're here, God planted you here. A lot of people don't got... It's not pastors. It's you. You are planted. This is where. He could have planted you in Africa. Somewhere. But this is where you are right now. You may not recognize it, but God placed you here. Pray. For God's move in the house of God. 
And then you can rejoice as you see God answering your prayers. That's what this is all about. He says in Luke 11 verse 1, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized, that one of his disciples said to him, he was speaking for the rest of them, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. They were hungry. They didn't know what was going on. We want you to teach us. We want to do what you're doing. I'm sure they had watched him pray so many times, and they're thinking, we're missing out on something. We don't, when we pray, we don't know what to say. Teach us, give us, give us some guidelines. We want to join you in prayer. And later, before he went to the cross, he actually was calling them to join him and asking them to pray with him. He was a man. Pray with me, join me, my soul. He wanted them to pray. So prayer is that important. Lord, teach us to pray. If you come to that place where you recognize prayer, I, I believe they recognize this is an essential part of walking with God, right? They've been Jews and they walked with God, went to the temple and did all kinds of stuff, but now they were with the Messiah and they could understand there's something about this prayer thing. We need to know what you're doing. Show us how to do it. And they wrote the words of God for us. And, and they remembered how often he went to pray. Read Luke 5 verse 16. It says, so he humbled, uh, so he himself, I like the word, he himself, that saying, even Jesus himself, okay, often withdrew, often, not sometimes, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Not sometimes, I mean, he prayed a lot, often. And they saw it, and they knew it. And I kept asking myself, that's the Son of God. What did he need? But as a man, you ought to pray. You ought to pray. It's so important that he did that often. In, in Luke six twelve, and it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and continued all night, all night, in prayer to God. I used to like those all-night prayer meetings. We used to do that here in our church. And we pray after a while. Many of us, we go into deep meditation. <laughs> and it's so important. It's the brother is snoring. <laughs> snoring, but... He's also praying. <laughs> I think it's the heart that counts, right? <laughs> but he prayed all night. And notice, this was before he picked his disciples, right? He needed to talk to his father. And he stayed up all night. What could he? And thinking, what was he saying? What was he saying to his father all night long? Out in the open all night long. And that's the example he's left for us that we should follow. He was the Savior. He was God. But as a man, 
He needed help from heaven. And he showed us that example that we ought to pray. Spend time praying. Find the time to pray. And for us, I'm sure he knew what to pray for. But uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 26 tells us we have a weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. And so when we don't know, we just pray in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit as long as it takes. And the Spirit makes intercession, verse 27, intercession for us according to the will of God. God knows our limitations, and so he gives that to us. But the thing is, pray without ceasing. We ought to pray. We ought to pray. My prayer, these days at the ark, we've had so many people praying. I I don't think the church has prayed as much as we're having people prayed these days. It's a lot of people praying, and I'm very grateful that God sends them to pray. But my thing is, I needed to talk about this. Uh, not to Sunday, I mean Sunday morning crowd, but for those of you that are here today, if we double the size of the number of people praying, you'll be amazed what God will be doing. Sometimes we are depending on maybe the pastor. The pastor is a Christian just like the rest of us. And we're working together, right? You have to have a heart for what God's doing. Instead of looking at things, at things that you know, well, I don't like this. No, no, no. That's, that's for children. That's for children. For his kingdom. For his kingdom. Let me do my best. For his kingdom. Maybe I can't do it. Maybe I'm not good at speaking. But I can pray. I can pray. And God will answer. I read the story of this preacher. He had a, that was a vision. It was maybe in heaven. And there's this huge crown. And he thought, well, that's going to be my crown. How wonderful. Because I've preached all around the world. And he was, he says, uh, the Lord said, well, take the crown and put it on that dear lady's uh, uh, head. Because uh, she's been the one praying through for you everywhere you went. <laughs> it's not for you. There are people that are praying for Billy Graham, all of these people behind the scenes. Because you can't do anything without prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Until we ask for it, the way I see it, God cannot invade your life till you give him permission. And prayer is, he wants to bless you, but he can't until you give him permission. It's a principle that runs through the word. This fellow was crying, the son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, he went up to Jesus. Everybody will know, everyone knew. They said, be of good cheer, he calls for you. And they knew he wanted to see. But then Jesus turned around and says, what do you want me to do for you? Specify it. Tell me exactly what you want. Say your prayer. Right? He says, I want to see. And instantly. You see, did Jesus know? Yeah, but he never, he never said it. Well, he never said what he wanted. So this is so important. Prayer is actually giving Jesus permission to invade your life for help. I stand at the door and I knock, right? He says, but you have to open the door. How do you open the door? Prayer, right? Prayer. Salvation. 
his prayer. He's at the door. He's been there. Maybe for some people, for 50 years, they've kept him out the door. Why? Because they haven't said a word of prayer to call him, ask him to come into their lives. And as soon as they say the word, he's in there. Amen? And, and it begins to transform their life. Prayer is so important. I believe no situation is tougher than prayer. If we pray. And I'm, the reason I'm going to this is persistent prayer. You know, I've started praying for something, and I know, I know deep inside, the doubts running over my head like crazy. But I keep praying, okay? And then all of a sudden, you get to a place where you feel, oh yes, I know God's answered me. And I don't feel like praying over that thing anymore. It's like, I don't want to go there anymore. It's done. Because of persistence, that's what I'm trying to go get to. Jesus prayed all the time. He withdrew and prayed. Jesus always prayed. I want to go quickly. Oh gosh, okay. Persist, persistence with regards to prayer. Because that's what this is all about. I've heard, you know, um, if you pray one time, you have faith, by just believe, and you don't need to go back and pray again. Uh, I want to let you know that going back and asking again is, doesn't mean that you don't have faith. That's really saying that you have faith. That's true. Because faith is persistent. Faith doesn't give in. Faith doesn't give in. And, and uh, once you get discouraged and you are not trusting and you become hopeless, guess what? You're not praying. So quit praying. That's just the way it is with us. When I'm discouraged about something, I would rather talk to... Pastor Roy, then spend time praying. Because I'm discouraged, right? But when you're praying, you go back. You go back. And, and I want to go to that, okay? Let me say this. Let me use this scripture to explain to you what, what this is about persistence in prayer. Because I think God kind of opened my eyes this week. Because uh, I struggle with that because of some of the things that I've heard. But I have to let the Lord teach me himself from the word. And say, what is really going on here? Because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. And if Jesus is teaching a particular principle more than one time, there is something to it. There's got to be something to it. He's not just talking. There's got to be something to it. Especially when he gives a parable to it. There is something to it. You know, if you, the same scripture where he told them, where, where they saw him praying, and they said, Lord, that's in Luke uh, 11, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, this is the way you pray, our Father we shall in heaven. And then he concluded, and, and then, you know, forgiving and all of that. Then he went on in verse 5, and he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go, uh, a friend, and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. 
and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I never understood this scripture. If your children are in you, with you in bed and you are yelling at your friend, they're already awake. <laughs> Sorry. That's my mind. <laughs> What's going on here? So why don't you just get up, give him what he wants. Instead of yelling at him, go away. <laughs> okay? This is scriptures right here. And he answered from within and said, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you a gift to you. He says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Basically, I'm going to give all that you want so you won't come back. Okay? I don't want you... No, notice, he's irritated by this becoming of his friend. That's his friend. He doesn't like it. He's not giving to him because he's his friend. He's giving to him because he's been troubled. With men, it displeases us when there is persistence like that. And we do, he does it because the, the persistence has become a problem for him. And he wants to get rid of it, right? But with God, what I notice, it pleases him. That's the difference. That's why Jesus gave it. He pleases God and he welcomes it whenever you come. Even with the same thing. Otherwise, this parable means nothing. It pleases him and he welcomes it. When you come often with the same thing. Now he may already have given the answer, but he knows you don't know because it's not there. But you're coming to him. That gives him an opportunity for fellowship with you. It pleases him. And that's why he responds. Notice what he says right after that. Notice he says he comes and then now I can fully understand the scripture. Luke 11, he say, the same Luke 11, beginning from verse 9, the next verse, he says to them, So, I say to you, after telling you about this, persistence, now I'm going to say to you, ask, and if you read in the Amplified, ask and keep on asking. Because I used to say just ask and it shall be given to you, but with that parable in front of it, that tells you what he's driving at. Do you understand? Ask, and then the Amplified makes it clear to us, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking and you will receive. Seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking. And the door will be opened. And then it says, for everyone. Please say with me, everyone. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking will receive. Everyone who asks. Based on this parable, right? Persistence is important. Ask and keep on asking. I used to say, you can't go back. Now, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, not, no, the Mount of Gethsemane. 
Didn't he say in the scripture, he went and he prayed, and then he went back again and said exactly the same thing? Right? Exactly the same thing. He kept on asking. He never quit. He always went back. I think that's where we're missing it. Ask and keep on asking. It's not like you don't have faith, but keep on asking. That's what the word says. Otherwise, what's the reason for that parable? Because as you keep on asking, God will begin to have, you give God the opportunity to deposit in your spirit, you have been heard. And sometimes the spirit will speak to you. Don't worry about it. And it may give you a few words that gives you peace. And you know, as it says in um, Hebrews 4 verse 16, you know, he says there, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and have uh, that you may find mercy, obtain mercy, and find grace to help in times of need. So, so that's so important. You come boldly. But then you ask, and it gives you the peace. No, telling you, you have been heard. But you ask and keep on asking. And then in Luke 18, Jesus continues the same thing. That's why I'm saying, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. In Luke 18, Verse 1, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. So basically, if you are a man, you need to be praying. Otherwise, situations are going to come into your life. It comes into everybody's life. But for you particularly, because you are not spending time praying, you will lose heart. You get discouraged. You can even get depressed. Well, you don't want to go to church anymore. You don't want to pray anymore because it's no use. Jesus said men ought, how often? Always to pray. And so, saying, this is his illustration, there was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary and he would not for a while but afterward he said to him he said within himself now this is the pain it displeases him but he can't fight the woman but he can't stop the woman from coming so he said to himself though i do not fear god nor regard man i don't care what people think i do whatever i want to do i'm the judge he says yet because this widow troubles me It's like trouble for me, pain. I will avenge her. I'll just do whatever she wants. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall shall God not avenge his own elect, that's you and I, who cry out, how often? Day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, this is his concern. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So when there is really faith, you go back. I don't have the answer, God, what's going on? And you say what you want again. And you go right back again. Faith is persistent. He says he's stubborn. He says with God, now... Let me put it this way. In James chapter 1, now he says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. 
God will always give that to you. But it says, it concluded, but you must ask in faith. Not wavering. Okay? Because a double-minded person is unstable. Not wavering. Why not wavering? Because you don't have the answer right away. Right? It's going to be a while before the answer comes. But you stay in faith. You ask in faith. You keep asking in faith. You're not wavering. You're not double-minded. You know God's going to answer. I've got to answer. Talk to God. And God will answer. That's the way it's always been. We talk to God. And God answers. I'll conclude by this prayer in faith and being persistent. You know the story of, uh, I think it's First uh, uh, Kings chapter 18, uh, dealing with uh, Elijah and Mount, Mount Carmel. And then he told the king boldly, I hear the sounds of abundance of rain, right? I hear the sounds of abundance of rain. In fact, God had already told him, I'm going to send rain. We think because God initiated it, I don't have to pray. No. You still have to pray. God told him, go show yourself to Elijah. I'm going to send rain. And then the whole thing happened at Mount Carmel. Fire came from heaven. God was on his side. So there is no need to pray. No. He says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. King, better go eat. Take care of yourself. And then he went up to the mountain and he bowed himself and prayed. Right? And he said to his servant, go look towards the sea. And the guy, he came back. He said, what did you see? He says, nothing. He prayed again, right? And he said, go back again. You know how many times? Seven times. And then he saw just the cloud, just like the hand of a man. And he says, okay, I got I got the title deed, okay? We, got, we have it. Go tell the king, go. And in a short time, everywhere was dark. Clouds filled with rain. Persistence is important. Don't give up. Keep asking, and God will answer. Stand up with me tonight. I figured I needed to finish this. I won't come back to this. <laughs> I hope you got something out of it. And if you don't have something to pray about, just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. I made up my mind years ago. I don't know if I want to tell you the year. (laughs) So you don't start calculating how old I am. (laughs) But many years ago, I made up my mind. As soon as my mind was clear, I'm going to spend at least an hour a day praying in tongues. And I did that time very religiously. I didn't go to just at home. I woke up early and spent about an hour. I wasn't religious. I had my clock or my watch right in front of me. (laughs) It was from one time to the other. And once it hits one hour, I'm gone. (laughs) I failed my job. But just like I said, uh... First uh, Corinthians 14 verse 2 it says the one who prays in tongues does not pray to man but to God however in the spirit he speaks mysteries and I figured that those mysteries are not for God amen the mysteries are for me 
So I prayed in tongues and I'm begging the Holy Spirit, please keep downloading all those mysteries into my spirit. And he did. To the point where finally I realized I can pray for the sick. I can pray for the blind. I can pray. And, and I've seen all of those happen as God did it. You know, um, God can do the same. Just spend. You can be a giant if you will only spend the time. No pain. Is he hear me? No pain. No gain. We got to pray. That's the word's word. Would you put your hands up before the Lord tonight and thank him for his message. Prayer is no pain. It's really a joy to pray before God. It's no pain. It's joy plus joy. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that your people are now ready. As you, I believe, Spirit of the living God, will speak to every heart at the sound of my voice. And they have the power to spend that time with you. They can pray and will pray because you will be leading them. According to your word, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God. And Lord, your children are here tonight and you will lead them into that closet where they will call upon God and you will show them great and mighty things that they know nothing of even at this point. Thank you, Lord, for your grace upon our lives. Thank you, Lord, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is faith right now in your people to do according to your word. We give you praise and we thank you for your love and grace, your mercy and for your grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you.